So those little boring exercises that people do, like clams and side leg lifts, those are very important because if you have a strong glute, strong core, it takes less pressure on your um, other muscles and your joints. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 66. Today is a, another episode as the doc. I've been getting a lot of questions about my upcoming surgery. For those of you who don't know, I am having surgery on Thursday. This is pre-recorded though. So my surgery is actually going to be April the 7th. 2022, I will be undergoing a procedure called a microfracture. It's done through a manescope. The surgery itself is simple, but the rehab is a little tedious, for lack of better words. Just to give you a little background for people who don't know me or may not have listened to other podcasts, I've been running since 2010. I sustained my first knee injury, but it was my right knee, following three marathons in three months. I wanted to be a marathon maniac. So that was one of the ways that you could get that status. I went on a like seven mile trail run, or running the snow, I should say, and my knees swelled up. And it never got better despite conservative treatment, which consisted of therapy, cortisone injection, um, hyaluronic acid or gel injections. MRI at that time showed just some friend, but it ended up being a significant lateral meniscus tear. So I had surgery in 2013. My surgery was in May. I got back to running in about August and I ran my first race around November, but it was a 10K. My eye thought since I... I have a lofty um, aspirations. I thought I would be able to run a marathon in September after my surgery. My therapist looked at me like I was crazy, as well as my new run coach when I moved to Chicago. But I was able to get back to running. I actually ran two marathons in 2014 following that knee surgery. That knee doesn't really bother me. Sometimes if I do a lot of climbing on my bike, it puts a lot of pressure. If I do it... Uh, a low gear and do a lot more spinning, it doesn't put as much pressure on my knee. So sometimes I have some anterior knee pain on the right, but other than that, it's fine. So in 2020, in March, I was ski racing in my last run, listening to one of the older racers who actually does a lot of coaching and done a lot of racing in his ski lifetime. He gave me some tips and I was a little too aggressive. And I caught an edge of my ski and fell. Um, I was able to ski the rest of the day. But toward the end of the day, my knee was hurting and swole. It was Thursday of our trip. 
had a one more day. So Friday I tried to ski, but I couldn't turn. It hurt. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just go home and rest. And we had one more trip planned, but it didn't happen because the world was shut down because of COVID. But I actually did win <laughs> first place in my age category. So from my, we do the best of three runs or two, depending on how many people, how much time we have. So my other two runs were good enough. So I came home and my knee was better, but I couldn't run. I tried to run every time I picked up some distance or speed and bothered me. So I did conservative treatment therapy. I trained as a physical therapist, but also see a physical therapist sometimes. Did therapy. Also did, um, had a cortisone injection. Again, cortisone is good for inflammation. Had um, hyaluronic acid injections, which are some of the building blocks of cartilage. They help some people with arthritis, which I don't have, or cartilage injuries, which I had a cartilage injury at the time, but I didn't have MRI then. And then also what's called PRP, which is take your blood, spin it and get growth factors and inject it into joints. They also use it for other um, treatments. So I had that and it after each treatment it got a little bit better, but again when I picked up some speed or some distance, it came back. So simple as it bothered me for a long time. I do believe in conservative treatment for myself as well as my patients. Everything is not easily healed with a knife, although I'm a surgeon. So I got an MRI. This was toward the end of the year. So I was actually planning on going on a ski trip the following week. Got an MRI. MRI showed, to my surprise, an ACL tear, but it was a partial tear, which I thought was an overread because ACL tears usually cause instability. And I didn't have any complaints of instability or pain. I also had a lateral meniscus tear. And a cartilage injury, uh, one on my kneecap or patella, and one under um, my lateral, which is the outside of your knee, tibia, which could have been caused from the fall. When you fall, maybe I bang my knee. And sometimes when you fall, that your top bone is your femur bone, the bottom bone is the tibia. Sometimes they basically the impact from the femur hitting the tibia and cause the cartilage injury, which is, I think, what happened to me when I fell. So the surgery I had was an ACL repair, not a reconstruction um, because it was a partial tear and it scarred. So what the surgeon did was put an anchor in to secure it. It didn't require taking it down and reconstructing it with a graft, which is a typical ACL reconstruction. Um, They're different grafts, bone, patella, bone. People use quadriceps. People use hamstrings. People use... um, yours is in the patients or um, sometimes allograph depending on the surgeon depending on the patient's age and their preference will determine what type of graft is used so I had the ACL repair I also had the part of the meniscus that was torn up partial meniscectomy and um, the area where the cartilage damages it did what's called a chondroplasty um, and this just kind of the breeding the unstable flaps of cartilage and some the chondroplasty is thought to cause a little bit of bleeding and the bleeding can cause stimulation of healing a little bit. So after the surgery I was on crutches and with a brace for four weeks. The ACL 
repair had healed before I started doing too much. So I had my surgery in December of 2020. I had rehab about four months. Started slow. My quadriceps were slow to return as far as activity. And I had the same issue with my right knee. But I was able to progress very slowly into running. I started running on the Ultra G or anti-gravity um, treadmill. And what you can do on the treadmill is instead of, say, I weigh... However much I weigh, 100% of my body weight, you can set it to be 50%. So it's less impact on your joints. So you can do a little bit more than you normally could. Say if I just wanted to run on my own. So I went to a therapist I've been seeing for, for since I've been in Chicago. She was out of network. So I had to pay, but she gave me the, um, I guess, self-pay rate versus insurance rate versus insurance rate. Is always higher because let's talk a little bit about insurance. Say if I see her and their rate, say is two hundred dollars for a session, and they bill insurance company two hundred dollars. The insurance company is not going to pay two hundred dollars; they're going to pay maybe a hundred, for an example. So usually, people with insurance get charged more because the insurance company never pays with the bill. If you're paying out of pocket, they usually charge less because you're paying a hundred percent. So she gave me the non-insurance rate, but it's still a significant amount of money because she was out of network. So I thought, which is why I ended my therapy a little early and I'm, I'm a little, I'm persistent and I was focused. So I actually did my rehab. So I was able to get back to running, but not full running. I did intervals, walk a minute, run two minutes. And I progressed to five to one, which is running five minutes, walk in a minute. And I was doing great until October. I remember October because it was around my high school and my college homecoming. So I ran five or six days. That week. It was easy runs. So I wasn't doing anything aggressive. But my knee started bothering me. I remember <laughs> I was at homecoming at FAMU, Florida A&M University. And I was dancing. And I was I had on some heels and I was trying to get low on some something <laughs> and it hurt to kind of come back up. I'm like, why are my knees hurting? So I took off my shoes thinking that would help, but kept dancing. And that was better, but my knee was bothering me like that whole weekend. Thinking maybe I just did too much at homecoming. So I kind of rested. I didn't run, but I still was biking this one man. Because my goal was for 2022 to do another Ironman. So I continued my training, but I just modified the running part. And then I tried to resume. I just kind of stepped back. You know, I was doing five to one intervals. I just did a smaller interval. I kind of started. Because every time I take some time off of running, it's, it's hard to get back into it. So but my knee never was right and then I went skiing in December. I was a little nervous because I hadn't skied since before my surgery. I had a little knee brace and I taped my knee. I always tape my knee to run. So my knee bothered me a lot. Every time I turned, I was gardening and I could feel it. Some of it, I believe, was, was weakness because my knee was still a little bit weaker than my other side. Maybe I wasn't as diligent with my strengthening exercises. The little boring ones. The ones, the little repetitive little exercises that you do 
for strengthening your knee and, and your um, glutes. Because your glutes are really the key to your lower extremity, which is, I've always had weak glutes. So those little boring exercises that people do, like clams and side leg lifts, those are very important because if you have a strong glute, strong core, it takes less pressure on your um, other muscles and your joints. Season three, we will continue the new segment called Ask the Dub. If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, go to my website, www.weouilife.com, click on the tab Voicemail, leave your voicemail, and select Messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the show. So after the ski trip in December, I really worked on strengthening. Did a lot of step ups. I did a lot of um, what's called when you ski, when you turn, it's like you have to bend your knee and then straighten it. But it's kind of controlled because it's called eccentric, which is the bending part, and excuse me, the concentric and eccentric. Concentric is just like when you bend your knee. Eccentric is you have to, you, you straighten it up, but it's controlled. So you have to have muscle control to straighten it up. So lengthening contraction. Those put a little more stress on your leg than the concentric. So I was having significant problems with the eccentric, which you need in skin because you need control. Fast control because I like to ski fast. So I did a lot of work on stimulating things that I would have to do skiing. So when I went skiing, MLK weekend. It was so much better. I felt like I could ski. I didn't have to think about, okay, okay. Worried about my, is it my knee going to hold up? Can I dig deep and turn? And basically, you're doing a lot of bending and straightening, bending and straightening every time you turn. So I could ski, and I felt great. And I went skiing again locally. Sometimes I go to, um, it's called Wilmot Mountains, just to practice Ski racing. It's just a small, that's a small resort, and they have um, instructors and they give you pointers. So I did that a few times, and I went to our big summit in Aspen, and I skied all week really hard. Um, I raced. I wasn't as aggressive this year, but the competition wasn't as fierce as last year um, because a lot of people had moved to another age group. So I still was able to get first place in my age category, but um, I was better in 20 versus 22. So, came home. I still wasn't able to really run. And I was realizing that I'm not going to be able to do Ironman if I can't run. I'm going to run a marathon. So, I figured, let me go see someone else to get another opinion. My idea was I was having some micro instability. Related to my ACL. For some reason, maybe the anchor wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Or if it was initially, maybe it loosened because it seemed like I was doing okay initially. And something happened in October that made it worse. So I went to see another orthopedic surgeon that one of my friends is orthopedic surgeon. 
recommended um, at her hospital. So I got an MRI. An MRI showed that my ACL was intact. I still had the chondral injury, which is a cartilage injury, on my kneecap. I also had the one on my um, tibia plateau, which is, again, the bottom bone, the outside. And I had a new one on the inside, what's called a needle femoral condyle, about six millimeters in size. And that was new. Um, I hadn't had another injury. I mean, I fell off a couple times again, but nothing major. So it could just be from the impact of running. Maybe I ran too much. Maybe I gained some weight with COVID and other surgery. Maybe the extra weight caused more pressure and that have caused the injury. Or maybe the, the small falls did. I'm not really sure. But for whatever reason, that new cartilage injury was what was causing my knee pain. And I also had some swelling in the joint. And swelling in the joint can give you this weird, awkward feeling. I thought that weird, awkward feeling could have been micro instability. But the MRI didn't show any problems with my ACL. And on exam, I'm a little loose anyway. Some women are. But my right knee and my left knee are equal in comparison. So it's not my ACL. It's most likely my chondral injury. And the plan is to do what's called a microfracture. And what a microfracture is, if you hadn't heard of a microfracture, and um, this may not be of interest to you, I'm a nerd and it's my profession. And I like details, which is one reason I like history, particularly sports history. But microfracture is an attempt at a articular cartilage. And articular cartilage means like two bones that articulate in between the bones. It's cartilage. It's kind of it's a cushion in between the bones. And how they work is, if you know, people have scopes. They usually have little small incisions. So they go through the incisions with these instruments. And they have little mallets. Orthopedic surgeons like mallets. And you create tiny fractures in the bone and it causes bleeding. And the theory behind it is our native cartilage, our garden given cartilage, is called hyaline cartilage, good cartilage. So this process is supposed to stimulate fibrocartilage, which is not as good as hyaline cartilage, but it's better than the cartilage injury. So it the plan or the goal is for the microfracture to cause those cartilage defects to fill in with fibrocartilage. Although it won't be 100% like my original hyaline cartilage, but it'll be better than what I have right now. So I don't know if people have heard of microfractures. Some athletes have had it. Some particular ones who I'm familiar with, Jason Kidd, Chris Weber, Penny Hardaway. Studies have shown mixed results. With um, 75 to 80% of people improving. Some improve to their pre-injury level of function. Some don't. The important thing is to be off of it. Six weeks, which is going to be the challenging part, which is I'll be hopping around on crutches for six weeks. The use of a CPM machine, which continue passive motion. I posted a picture on my Instagram of it. Basically, I will have to wear this machine for six hours for two to three weeks. And the continued passive motion helps stimulate 
this area to form fibrocartilage. And our goal is fibrocartilage to form. So you have to be off of it because it's kind of like you have to let the blood, which forms a clot and then forms this cartilage, you have to let it heal. And if you put weight on it, you damage the healing process. So sometimes people do this and that's why sometimes microfractures may not work. Often other reasons why it sometimes fails in some people is while the fiber cartilage fills in, the impact, say, running on certain surfaces or your knee sees 10 times your body weight. So maybe the extra pounds have caused stress to my knee. So I've been trying to lose weight for a while. I'll lose 10. March, I was really stressed with my knee, realizing I may need another surgery and just life. And I stress eat. So I gained some of my weight back. So I need to be consistent and lose weight and be consistent and do my rehab. Because my plan, the reason why I'm having this surgery in the first place, because I want to race, I want to run. I might not be able to run like I did. Not that I was never a fast, fast runner, but I could, <laughs> I might not run fast than you, but I could out run as far as time and distance. And I was faster than I am now, but I don't necessarily have to be that level, but I want to be good enough. I want to do at least one more Ironman. And I want it to be next year. Next year is a big year for me. It's the 50th year for the National Brotherhood of Skiers. We're having our summit in Vail, Colorado. It's also my 30th line anniversary. And it's also a milestone birthday. I want to tell you how old I'm going to be turning up. So my go- my plan is for my birthday. I want to go skiing in Chile because I always want to ski on my birthday. So next year, I have a lot of goals and aspirations. So I have to get this knee in order in order to be able to do my, to complete my goals and aspirations. So I'm actually looking forward to the surgery in a weird kind of way. A lot of people are like, oh no, you have to have another surgery on your knee. I'm seeing it as a positive because the only reason I went to see someone is because I'm still not able to do what I need to do. And I'm not old, <laughs> although I'm turning, uh, it's a milestone birthday next year. I'm not old. My x-rays do not show arthritis. I have maintained joint spaces and that's what we look for in x-rays. I do have some cartilage injury, but I'm an active person. I'm an athlete. I love doing things outside. I like doing daring things also. If I could go back to 2020 and... Maybe not race. I still would race. I might not be as aggressive in my third run if I would have known the outcome. But I love to race and I plan on racing again. I plan on doing triathlons again and I plan on at least one more Ironman. I plan on living my life as long as God allows me to be on this earth and to be able to do things that I love. Because life is short and then you die. You might as well enjoy things that you love while you're here. So that's the reason I'm having surgery. So I look forward to going under the knife on Thursday. And I just pray that it gives me relief and allows me to be able to do things that I love to do and are good for my mental health as well as my physical health and well-being. 
that wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email runitischeaperthantherapy, O-L-B, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's runitischeaperthantherapy, Omaha Love Brown, at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love, O-U-I Life, O-U-I Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.